Hi, this is Jennifer Dono. I'm the director of Young Female Entrepreneurs, and you are watching Young Female Entrepreneurs on a live stream. We do this every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 Eastern, and it's over on the YFE Facebook page. This evening, we have on Erin of Well in LA as our guest. She's going to be talking about what it takes to build a business as a young female entrepreneur, what it's like to build a business out of L.A., and then also do so in the health and fitness industry. She's fantastic. She's got an incredible voice online and um, has a very well-rounded network of people that she connects with each and every day. So um, before we get started in talking to her and introducing her, I wanted to talk about a few things that are going on in the young female entrepreneur community. So YFE caters to women, entrepreneurial women in their 20s and 30s, and it's really uh, geared towards online events, connecting women um, through online meetings, using Ovalize web conferencing services, um, through Twitter and through Facebook, and of course through the blog and different um, other media areas that we uh, reach out to. Um, but, uh, so through this, we've got a couple new things coming up. The biggest one is that YFE Chat celebrated last week our one-year anniversary over on Twitter, and that's basically an hour or so that we all gather on Twitter under the hashtag YFE Chat and chat back and forth, and there's one topic that the discussion is going around. Um, last week it was around help, but we've done it on like uh, mixers and different things like that, so we get to know each other um, outside of business, so, you know, knowing if we're, if you're married, if you're dating, um, Little things like that that are always fun to build friendship friendships uh, outside of the business. Um, so anyway, we celebrated one year last uh, week, and I'm now putting together the new dates and times for the second quarter. Um, and we're really going to just be scheduling them April through June at set schedules. And it's a bi-weekly chat. And so if you go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com, and I have a screenshot of our website if you haven't been to it before, um, there's a survey on there. This is the gorgeous Erin that's going to be on, but there's a post underneath this that's asking you what dates and times you'd prefer. And I know as young female entrepreneurs, our schedules are really, I mean, it's a mixed bag kind of a thing. One day you could be at your desk at 11. The next week you could be never at your desk until midnight. So, um, yeah, I... Just if you have an opinion about the date and time, definitely let me know. But if you don't, there is a section where it's about topics. And we've had guests like Robin Fisher-Roffer on the on YFE chat to answer questions. So big name authors. Um, and then we've had different topics, uh, like I was saying, such as the mixer. So if you have a great idea, one person actually came up, came up with the idea of negotiations as a young female entrepreneur, which I thought was awesome. Because negotiating, I think, is it was really tough. And I don't know if it's... I don't want to generalize and say it's hard for every young female entrepreneur to negotiate, but that was a good topic, I thought. Um, so anyway, that's a big deal. Go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com to find that survey. I'm actually going to close it off um, tonight, but if you're watching the video tomorrow, which is Friday, um, I don't even know what the day is tomorrow, so sorry, guys. Um, but if you're over there, I'll make sure that I leave it open and uh, so you can get your input in. Other than the Twitter chat, YFE, um, really fun. Jessica Newell, who's uh, usually here on the Facebook chat, um, on Twitter chat. She's also a hosting member with um, my company, Ovali. Um, she gave us the great idea in a Twitter chat of doing a book club. And so we are doing a book club, and it's going to start at the end of April. And the book that we're reading is, do we have it back here? Oh, it's over here. Um, it's actually <gasps> Melody Berenger's book, Craving Success. And I thought this is gonna this would be a great book to start off with. Um, I did a crave 
event last night, and that really actually has nothing to do with this. Um, it's just a great book because um, Melody has had, I don't know, 20 or 30 some odd businesses now over 20 years. Over 30 years. <laughs> over 30 years. So, yeah, she started very young. And she grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and so it really goes over some of her failures and uh, life lessons that she learned and that have affected the way that she's built her current company, The Crave Company. Um, so you can find out more details about that and sign up to keep notified on the book club on Monday. Um, but in the meantime, uh, one other last fun announcement before I bring Aaron on is that Natalie McNeil, um, if you can show my screen, that would be fantastic. Um, Natalie McNeil is going to be our guest on um, Young Female Entrepreneurs, the live stream next Thursday at 6, uh, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern at night. Um, and she's actually just written um, the book... Um, Oh my gosh, I totally just forgot <laughs> blanked on the book's name. Um, she Takes on the World, duh. It's her blog name. Uh, but Natalie McNeil is a fantastic entrepreneur. She's an Emmy winner. Uh, she has this fantastic blog that caters to the young female entrepreneur, the young female professional, really. Um, or the female professional, I don't even want to say necessarily young. But she's going to be on next week telling us about the book and why you should care as a young woman in business about it. Um, along with Natalie is um, Kara, and she's another young female entrepreneur that's being profiled. She's going to be talking about her tech startup and how she went. Um, she just finished with her MBA over in New York City, and uh, she's moving halfway, or actually all the way across the country, and uh, starting to build her business from a different coast. So it'll be a really interesting discussion. Again, that's next week, same time, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern, on the Young Female Entrepreneurs Facebook uh, page. So that was a lot of announcements. I apologize if I bored you. <laughs> um, but there's always something really fun happening in the Young Female Entrepreneur community, whether or not you participate in an actual event or if you're just kind of keeping tabs on um, people that have chatted back and forth with YFE. There's someone's doing something cool somewhere all the time. Um, so Erin actually uh, just wrote a pretty controversial post I have in the back there. She just attended a, a local in the L.A. area tech startup event, and she ranted and raved about it. Well, I don't want to say raved, more ranted about it <laughs> in her blog post, and I got some people commenting today on Twitter, and so we'll definitely discuss that along with some of the things that we're including in this profile and the profile, basically, um, if you go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com, we do these weekly profiles. Um, I used to do them. It started about a year ago, a little less than a year ago. Or no, Yeah, a little less than a year ago. Um, uh, these profiles that, uh, if you can see on the back screen, um, we did these profiles where it showed this w a woman and how she built her business, what it looked like and fe felt like to be young and um, starting up, basically. And so um, here, I don't know if you can see it in the little corner back there, but uh, Granny Cart Productions was our last official profile. Um, and you can click this button up here to read all the other ones. And there's ones that are actually more blog focused versus the video. So anyway, I want to introduce you to Erin now. Um, if you can show her photo uh, so you can get a little glimpse of how um, who Erin is. But Erin, uh, she is all about balancing work, life, love, and in between reaching our big dreams and goals can seem overwhelming. Erin of Well in LA works with entrepreneurs, business owners, and big dreamers to help them squeeze the most out of every moment of life. 
I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting over being sick, as they reach for their goals. Erin's coaching pairs business development with mindful wellness because launching uh, requires you to feel your best. No kidding. <laughs> Her credentials include master's degrees in both public health and counseling psychology paired with uh, coaching, nutrition, and fitness certifications. She has over seven years of group exercise instruction experience and loves finding new ways to integrate wellness into her day. In addition to coaching and consulting, she writes on the topic of health and wellness around the web, sharing her passion for small business development and living life. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Anyway, uh, welcome onto the show, Erin. Hi. Hello. It's so nice to have you. I'm going to fix the little guy so you guys don't see everything else. (laughs) There we go. Hi. Hi, Erin. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I queued up your video. um, So I don't want to do redundancy here. um, But I've got a little profile of Erin, and she talks about her, um, who her business is, or what Well in L.A. is. And rather than um, show that, why don't we go ahead and just hear it straight from Erin. So Erin, okay. tell us a little bit about your business and um, what it is that you do in Los Angeles. Um, well, I moved to LA two years ago from DC. So I think just figuring out a new city, um, a new coast has been a big enough challenge. And in May of last year, I decided that I wanted to launch into more of the coaching. And I had no idea how much I would need to learn along the way in order to launch a small business that is based online. Um, I opened my Twitter account in May of last year. I redesigned my blog. Um, I take on everything, and it was a lot. And I... I'm really excited because I want to pay it forward and really teach people the lessons that I learned in terms of business and balancing my wellness along the way. Um, I I thought that I would be strictly doing like health coaching. That's what I wanted to do. But I actually have so much more fun connecting with other women who are also trying to launch their business. So um, with less than a year of launching well in LA, I'm learning more about the focus who my target audience is and who I want to work with. And it's been really exciting each step of the way. And I'm actually working with another YFE member, Jamie of Fit With Flair, to um, redesign my website and um, get get the next phase of things rolling. So that's a little about me, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, actually, Jamie's, I just saw her in the chat. I don't know if she's going to be... Um, staying in the chat but she is and i know she has a couple kids um <laughs> oh yeah she said thanks for the shout out erin uh so um you talked about moving from the east coast over to the west coast uh fairly recently and starting your business even more recently um and in your profile you talked about the difference in building a business on either coast and you really said that it was it really doesn't matter whether on you're in the west coast or the east coast in the profile but looking at your brand um ooh sorry but looking at your brand uh it feels like it really does fit LA lifestyle west coast so maybe talk a little bit about um what being on the west coast means as far as being a health and fitness um professional I actually have to say, so on the East Coast, when I was 
I had a full-time job and then I was teaching fitness classes and it was a really great way for me to step outside of my corporate um, consulting job and connect with people in my neighborhood. I taught in a local gym that I could walk to from my house and it was fantastic. And everyone I connected with was just coming off of a really stressful day and they were just happy to be there. And I loved that. And then I moved to LA and it was a completely different beast because Everyone here is obsessed with fitness and looking good. And it was a completely different mindset when I encountered people at the gym. Um, and, and a little difficult for me to kind of digest, like, what, what's going on? Like, I, I thought you would just be happy to be here. And people are, are kind of like picking apart your music and different things like that. So it was, it was definitely um, pushed me as a group exercise instructor. And I had several other ideas in mind for my, my business name along the way, especially living on the East Coast. Um, but I really feel like LA doesn't always represent wellness very well. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of stand out as a voice for finding more of a, a grounded approach for that. I, I grew up in the Midwest and I lived on the East Coast for a couple of years and that's more of who I am. I, I love LA for the sense that it's creative and people are willing to do whatever it takes. So I'm, I'm just trying to find that middle ground with my brand and who I am. Um, so taking a little bit of everything along the way and bringing it in. Um, I will be staying in LA. My husband-to-be works here in the industry and uh, we don't foresee leaving. So this is home. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to spread the idea of wellness instead of the idea of looking good and just doing it for the moment, which seems to be the big thing here. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what, I mean, that's the, the kind of um, the stereotype, I guess, when it comes to L.A. Yeah. Uh, so you talked, uh, we're going to come back to the husband-to-be point in a little bit, but you talked about <laughs> um, having a full-time job. Um, so what exactly were you doing? I know you have all of these um, certifications and you have the academic background, but what was that full-time job? history. Uh, what did that look like? Yeah. So uh, after I finished my second master's degree, I was, I was actually living in Detroit at the time and the job market was pretty horrible. So um, my fiance was absolutely supportive and encouraging. I'd move there for him. And, and I said, look, I've got to move. I, there's no job here. And so I relocated. We had just gotten a puppy. And so it was, um, <laughs> I know, it's, it's like a big deal. I felt horrible for leaving him to dog train. <laughs> and in the middle of winter in Michigan, it wasn't the nicest thing to do, but he was so supportive. Um, so I, I got a job in D.C. working as a consultant for the Department of Defense with a, a small firm. Um, and it was one of the most crazy and rewarding jobs I've had to date. Um, I loved the big picture of what we were doing. We were working to improve the, uh, um, sorry, I'm blanking. We were looking to, to improve and dismantle the stigma around mental health care for service members. Um, so people who are dealing with PTSD or family members of soldiers dealing with PTSD. Um, and it was... It was a, a great job in the sense of learning, uh, and eventually I had to pick, though, between love and my job on the East Coast. Aww. So, I, well, not pick between, but really it was getting ridiculous right. to fly coast to coast uh, once a month or more. <laughs> right. 
Okay, so you had the job with the government. Then what yep. happened after that? Um, they were so kind as to let me transfer out here and kind of get my grounding. And I started to see, the I, being a consultant, you work on projects. So if the funding starts to run dry, it's time to look for something else. Um, so I moved on from there, and I've worked at UCLA since moving here. worked in the School of Public Health as a, a coordinator, and I really didn't like it. I didn't like being back in the academic environment. I think it was just like too close to being finished with two grad degrees. <laughs> I needed I'm a sure. little break. Um, so I ended up working more directly in fitness and health for the last um, year. And in October of last year, I, I happily parted from that job. I'm still great friends with everybody there, but it was just um, not a great fit for my goals, which were to do more writing and consulting and creative things. Um, so, so I had this... I feel like this is a whole story. I'm so sorry. No, I think this is good because a lot of people are exactly where you are right now, where they've done the job leap and it's finally like, okay, I need to now start on my own and do my own thing. So after you got out of it, you were saying in October, so it really wasn't that long ago? No. So I had this like perfect Nirvana situation. I was so excited. Um, I was working as an editor for a wellness website. So compiling different articles that were coming in from freelance authors and writing a few of them myself. And as with the startup world, if any of you have worked in it, the website um, folded. <laughs> so I had like this great situation where I had a half-time job and then I could spend more time developing while in LA and working in that capacity, which felt really good for me because I'm not ready to financially just dive in. Um, so I, I then was on my own completely, not fully prepared to do so, and I think I made a huge mistake in taking on jobs that weren't necessarily a good fit. Like I'm, I'm good at doing website development, and Jamie's going to laugh at me because we had this whole conversation. I'm, I'm good at it, but I don't love it, and then I just found myself for four months doing work I didn't love, and I didn't love that. Um, all I wanted to do was get back to doing more of the creative things and the writing and um, connecting with people. And I didn't have the time to do that because I had clients that I needed to meet the demands for. Um, so actually, I ended up going back to work and I've been working for two months. And I, it's been good for me to mentally not have to stress about the money. And the job that I have is perfect because it pairs me with working with entrepreneurs in LA. So it's been very fun. And my boss is incredible. He's, he's supportive. He's actually the lawyer who incorporated my business. So he does what I do. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> that work? Um, and I, I am so thankful for that. And I think, you know, if you can, if you can find a, a great job situation as you're building and, you know, make things grow on the side in a way that feels comfortable for you so that you can maintain your stress level and some perspective along the way, then, then by all means do it. Um, I financially I'm, I'm comfortable enough that, that we could, we could let me go crazy, but <laughs> and, and see if well and I launches, but, um, I'm not quite in that point where I'm ready to, to feel like I'm eating into my fiance's, uh, money yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up because um, another young female entrepreneur, Erica, 
um, who's of with sittingaround.com. And it's about a co-op babysitting opportunity where you could go on and find other, um, like, swap basically with parents and say, oh, yeah. okay, you're going to watch my kids one night and I'll watch your kids another night. And um, with people you know, of course, not just total strangers. But um, <laughs> so anyway, she was on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine not too long ago by saying, you know, basically being open about I have another job other than being the CEO of this company because it's just not possible as she's a mom and a young woman and she doesn't want her standards of living to go down just because she's trying to build this company. So I think that's a good point that you bring up in that it is possible to have another job and start building your company and um, a lot of women are doing it actually. We met, um, gosh, Keisha. Um, so if you're watching Keisha, hi. Uh, she's starting a nonprofit, uh, a PR firm that uh, works with nonprofits over in the Baltimore area. Um, and I'll have her link over on youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com if you guys want to see what she's up to. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people are in your shoes um, doing that whole thing. Now, when you went to get this job, he knew, of course, that you had this <laughs> other company. But did you have to make any form of um, additional contract kind of type of things that said, I'm going to work on my company at this time and not during the time that you're paying me? Or what did that look like when you went to go get this other job? You know, um, my boss, Jeff, who's great, was very flexible. Um, I get to, so for me, like the mornings are my creative juice time. And I think you have to, to work at things for a while to find, kind of find your time and your flow. Um, so I wake up around 7, 7.30, and I get to work on things for well in L.A. till around 10. And then I head into work. Um, and it's a longer work day, but... Um, if any of you are from LA, you know the traffic here is a total nightmare. So going into work at 10:30 means no traffic. Leaving work at seven means no traffic. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it's it's much better for my peace of mind. Um, this is moving to LA meant I had to buy a car after being a pedestrian commuter for two years. So that was a big switch. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm still kind of like finding the flow with um, dealing with with that. Um, so yeah, and, and I do, I, I resonate with the, the woman you mentioned because I have student loans and I'm trying to pay them off furiously fast. Um, I want them gone. Two grad degrees cost money. And I really, I have become accustomed to having a nice standard of living and, and I'm not quite ready to, to lose, to sacrifice all that um, in, order, in order to build everything. I think that I can carve the time to build slowly and something will happen when the timing is right. Right. And I mean, when you're starting your company, it's not it's not like you're going to be getting job after job right away or clients, customers, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and I liked how you pointed out the fact that you did get a few projects in initially and they just weren't, you, you were taking whatever basically came your way and it wasn't something that you loved and ended up not really showing probably your best work in trying to fulfill those things or you weren't even um living your most well life i guess no, <laughs> as you say. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and stress and all that other fun stuff that comes along with it um but as far as that other company goes so i'm still talking about having another job is there any time in the future like do you have a plan as far as at this point i'm going to ditch the job and focus solely on my company do you have an exit strategy with employment or is it kind of just come as, you know, see what happens kind of a thing? I'm going with the see what happens. Um, my job is actually pretty darn cool. 
Um, I am running a, a program called 500 Entrepreneurs with one of the lawyers in the firm. She's fantastic. Um, she's also a mom, and she and this is where I'm talking about my boss is great because um, the the lawyer that I work with works from home. And she gets to spend time with her son. So I, I found like the perfect boss who values our quality of life. I think that's so important. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, um, and what I get to do is call people who are submitting plans to us about their small businesses. So I talked to this week, I talked to someone who's creating their line of hot sauces. I talked to a woman who's opening a Polynesian dance company. Um, let me think of some of the other good ones. <laughs> An actress who um, just recently starred on Matt or on Walking Dead. Um, oh, there's fun. just like there's just so many um, cool people I get to talk with in my day, and I learn so much. And I feel like everything I'm learning is only going to make what I do launching going forward that much better. So it's it's amazing to have a job finally where I feel like I'm learning something that's applicable for what I'm passionate about and. Um, and and finding that quality of life balance so yeah it's, yeah. it's good <laughs> well there was um just a story that i shared on young female entrepreneurs that was with tony shea of zappos and he was part of this yeah. big investment of uh putting together a building um a, a development community where there's uh, tech startups uh, living space and uh, opportunity for a local business and they were part they were partnering with venture for america and I don't know if you're familiar with Venture for America, but it's basically like Teach for America. Um, and I got to meet the founder last year, and he was very interesting. He had, it was it's a great idea, and it basically places uh, students in um, these small towns and helps them. They work closely with the CEO, CEO so it's a great opportunity for them, um, possible uh, opportunity for a job after they get done. And it also, I mean, the local economy gets helped out because it's bringing young talent into the small town. Um, but anyway, uh, that was that's just one example, basically, of some of the things that fix Young America is um, who we had Ryan Paw on of the YC and Aaron. I know that you're familiar with the campaign uh, yeah. that they're doing, but they're really talking about different alternative ways, things that are happening. People are what people are doing around the country to create um, change and bring jobs for young people. And um, that's one way of doing it is, you know, having this basically. Uh, learn as you go kind of thing when it comes to entrepreneurship kind of what you're doing in a less I mean in a less structured <laughs> program you got this job and you're learning how you go as you're building your company too but I think it's smart that you you're not waiting for the time to where you've saved up enough money to quit your job you're basically starting your company and then um slowly growing it as you're still making money I guess I just I think it's smart way to go I think that if you have a voice and you have something to say and you're even considering creating a business in the future, you should absolutely be online. Um, you know, I, I, I'm finding so many peers to connect with and I know we are going to talk about this a little more too. I, I just genuinely love, love, love meeting women that also have these same kind of passions. They're smart and they're intelligent and they're doing great things to change the world. And I think as women, we have to absolutely support one another if we're going to be successful in, in closing some of the gender gaps that still exist um, in the startup communities in the corporate world. Um, so, so to me, just feeling like I have a community online before I launch is, is so critical um, 
to, to feeling like I'm going to be successful. Definitely is. Now, um, so we are going to talk about that. Uh, you started the blog and you were saying in your video profile, which you can all find tomorrow at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Um, but you said in the profile that you had the blog and it slowly evolved into the business. And you talked about some of the pros as far as doing it that way um, were. So can you talk a little bit about maybe the pros and cons as far as getting started first as a blogger and building it into a business? Yes, and there are tons of great resources, too, that I would be happy to provide um, links to if you want to add those as well. Um, I think, one, it takes a while to find your voice as a writer. And I look back at the first blog post I wrote, probably the first six months were awful. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just kind of looking at other blogs and reading them and, and kind of going, I don't want to sound like them. And I, I have these ideas. And it's just something that takes time. And as you go along, you're building content, which, which search engines love and start to recognize, and also important for your rank whenever you do start your business. And I think it, it gives you a time to find your community or your tribe or your people or whatever it is. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great way. I, I look at a blog as a way to build community, and that's all I want out of the, the blog posts that I write, I'm looking to connect, I'm looking to share, I'm looking to find ways to grow. And um, I, I, I think absolutely start with a blog and, and move from there. Is there anything, any down, downfalls as far as starting as a blogger um, for you specifically? Anything yes. that you ran into? Yes, um, I, I do fear that people will not say, here's Erin and she owns this business, but it will be, here's Erin and she's a blogger. And I'm, I want to be, no, I want it to be Erin owns a business. This business also has a really cool blog. So I do see that as a pitfall. That's um, interesting because um, one of the profiles, Rachel of Vu Society, who has this gorgeous boutique um, with very upscale dresses, she started yes. off as a fashion blogger and um, is now still introduced, and the business is relatively new, um, but she's still being introduced as a fashion blogger. So yeah, other people are definitely experiencing that issue, but I'm sorry, I interrupted you, so keep going. No, oh, no. <laughs> I, I think that's probably the only major pitfall that I've run into so far. No, that's a good point. Um, now, as far as Twitter goes, because you're very active on Twitter and you have a good community, and I believe that's actually how I found you. Yeah. Um, was on Twitter. Uh, I think it was, and I'm I'm almost positive it was Jennifer <laughs> from For the Glow. Yes. And I think I found. Um, um, gosh, she was just featured on your your blog. I don't know why her name is slipping from me. Nyla. Yes. No. Okay. No, 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 no not Nyla. Um. Although I did, I don't remember how I found Nyla. Maybe it was through you too. Is it Shanley Knox? Yes, Shanley. I think I found her through you too. So Twitter is very much like, it's just, it's a really nice way to meet new people and to meet people that are interesting too. So how have you utilized Twitter in your business or in starting up? Oh gosh. Um, at first I was just, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hashtag, people are there. Hashtag what? And I slowly just started to share content that I found interesting and my views on it. I mean, just reposting content to me is kind of boring. Um, so I like to, and, and interjecting a opinion plus a link plus, you know, any other handles you're including in a Twitter and a tweet takes a little finessing to get it down. Um, I, but what I started to find were other people who 
who were resonating with what I was saying and, and retweeting and following their conversations. And, and, and I'm being in Twitter for less than a year. I feel like I have this community of women that I've become close friends with that I've met up with for coffee and tea or we've collaborated on things or I've helped raise money for their campaigns. And I just think about all of the incredible things that have happened from tweet conversations. Um, and my, my family members have no idea. They just laugh at me like, oh, you're on Twitter. But <laughs> it, it has been the most um, beneficial tool that I have used. And I'm also managing the Twitter account for, our, for my work. And just seeing, having a, a person behind it, how much it changes the, the conversation, the tone, and the interactions that happen have been really fun um, because I thought, well, I could do it for me, and then doing it for um, the law firm will, will definitely be a different challenge, but I'm starting to see it go in that direction. And it really is, you know, be personable, be who you are on Twitter. Um, uh, I, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer those. <laughs> no, I think that's, a, that's good. Um, Twitter, my baby shower... <laughs> When I had my son, uh, the majority of the women I had started by stalking on Twitter first. Uh, so I think Twitter's fantastic. Um, it's a great way, like I was saying, to open up your network into other places. But now since we're talking about how you were kind of slow to catch on to the hashtags and <laughs> um, to the opinion and link and that kind of thing, well, you've gotten really good at it because you have this new blog post out where you talk about um, – this event you went to that was that's called Startups Uncensored, and it is a it was like a tech type startup uh, conference, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you you like I mentioned at the very beginning, um, you went off a little bit on a rant on this the <laughs> speaker. So maybe talk about what the speaker said first that made you feel so uncomfortable. Um. Yeah. It was it was last night. Well, one don't don't do an event during people's dinner time hour. Don't feed and not feed them. It's just <laughs> really? it's just bad practice. So um, the person who I'm gonna leave names aside. This is a very famous person in the startup community. They have a very well known website, and they wanted to talk about ten ways to launch your startup. And I was very excited for the talk. Um, I have some ideas for a startup of my own. It's unrelated to Well in LA, but it's something I want to do with a friend of mine. So I, I was completely fascinated by by learning from this crowd and from the speaker specifically. And um, the whole tone of the the talk for last night was, I'm going to say, demoralizing. It was kind of telling you that if you're not going to dedicate every modicum of time that you have for two years or more or whatever it takes to launch, then you're not going to be a success. Um, and it was a very like, these are the rules, fast, hard, rigid. And he talked about how he isolated members of his family. He lost friends. He didn't go out. He worked 16 to 20 hour days for two years. He gained 40 pounds. His health went just completely um, awry and all I could think was that if this is this is my like someone who should be a role model in the startup community I felt like his message was like give up your life to have a startup um, and it left a really bitter taste in my mouth I came home and I wrote a blog post on it uh, because I, I really don't think that that's the way it should be and I think as women that we do face more challenges um, because I can't imagine giving up being a wife 
or um, being a great friend to the people who are important to me in my life or being a great aunt or sister, all these things that I really treasure and value and make me who I am in order to just launch a product to make money. Um, so yeah, I had some strong opinions on it. Yeah, well, no, um, it's interesting. Did anyone else in the room look like they were put off by what he was saying or is oh, it kind yes. of just generally? <laughs> so mo- most of the people in the room didn't agree well, with him. I, w- I would say the, the women I had an opportunity to speak with afterwards were kind of off put by the general kind of tone and like just kind of shaking their head in the sense like that that's not going to happen. And just because you're not willing to, I guess, do it his way doesn't mean you won't be successful. Um, so I, I just really feel like there are so many avenues and paths to success that to focus on this one path being the only way, it was like a 10 steps, here's what you do if you follow my advice you're going to be golden kind of thing. And um, I I just, I didn't agree with most of what he said and I couldn't imagine living my life that way. Um, I do, I do think there that you can achieve balance and still find success. So when you say achieve balance, what does that look like? I think it's very different for everyone to start with. You know, you have to know and assess what your highest priorities, what you value most in life are. I think that's the first and foremost thing you should do before starting any business. Like, What are your big goals and dreams in life aside from having this business? Um, and see if realistically they can align or you know scale back one or the other. Um, and to me, wellness is I mean, it's the basic stuff. It's getting enough sleep. It's eating right. It's being able to find time to move during the day, you know, that kind of thing. But it's also your social relationships. It's finding time for your mental health. You've got to decompress. You have to take time away from sitting in front of your computer all day and, um, and, and get out in the real world a little bit. So those are just a few of the ways I think that, that we can focus on wellness as we build businesses. I think that's good. Um, some good advice. Uh, the, as far as being an entrepreneur, I, I really think that, um, like you were saying, to make sure that you recognize what your priorities are. But there is some element of sacrifice that all of us have to put into it where, you know, whether it's not having any money as we go. Um, I don't know if you if you are a fan of the Shark Tank. Um, of Shark I Tank. love it. Okay, so Mark Cuban, he always says in it, um, you have to be willing to eat top ramen and not make any money for the first couple of years. I'm not going to pay you more than $30,000 is kind of what he says if he's paying you at all, if he's investing in your company. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, I think there is still some element of sacrifice, but I like how you point out that as long as you have your priorities straight and if you prioritize health there, then you'll be able to uh, spend time onto it. But I feel like as young women, if, especially if you're a solopreneur, um, people like the speaker who are uber successful have, I feel like, a tremendous amount of focus in on their work. And so I can understand if you're, if you're, it's just you that are, that's building this company that has this big dream and it's really your responsibility for carrying, seeing that all that is carried out, whether it's you actually doing the work or employees, um, I can understand how it would be all consuming and that at some point the vortex would kind of like suck you in. Um, so I think that's some, an interesting debate that's happening. And I just want to let you know if you guys are still on uh, the live stream. I am o- 
I have the uh, Facebook chat open right now. So if you have questions uh, for Erin, uh, go ahead and type them in. We have a couple more questions left as far as the chat goes with YFE, but I'm more than happy to relay the questions over to Erin. She's doing a fantastic job. Thank you again so much for being on the show, Erin. Um, the profile, uh, like I said before, over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com is a great profile. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, but as far as... Um, Taking it back a step uh, before we go into the fun engagement part of it, I wanted to talk about collaboration as far as um, the health industry goes. Because you are a health coach, you do you have all these like we were saying certifications, and you have the ma uh, the masters behind you. Um, yet you do help other people in the health industry as far as their branding and website goes. So there is some form of collaboration that's happening there. Would you yeah. consider it collaboration? I would. I've, I've really enjoyed meeting and expanding my network and working with other people. Um, I would love to to be able to have someone to work with. I just think it's so much more fun than being a solopreneur. <laughs> um, so every time I get to work with somebody, it feels like, you know, the two brains are better than one and, and just there's a better expansion for creativity and for getting things um, moving a little faster as, as far as that goes. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any really cool things that have happened. Um, I, with, the, with the fitness community here, I think I was talking about it a little earlier, it's, it can be kind of competitive, but since I'm not necessarily working to be the most popular instructor in class anymore, um, people have found my site online and want to know how to grow a brand and how to be a, a presence online. It's been more of a learning opportunity than um, than a competitive opportunity. Right. That's interesting. So if you were going, um, <laughs> excuse me, gosh. Um, <laughs> so last night I went to this Crave event. Um, and it's the one that I, you know, the same woman, the Crave company that I was talking about. Um, so they hold these events across the United States. And I was on this panel and we talked about um, collaboration versus competition. Um, so most of the women in the room agreed that collaboration is the way that most small business owners or most business owners in general are going rather than competing with someone that's doing something similar to them. Um, what do you think competition would look like in the health industry? If you, uh, What would it look like if you were to actually go ahead and compete with another instructor or another um, health um, and wellness type of a blog? Um, I, I, would, I guess I would say there are plenty of competitors out there. Right. Um, so have you seen I, examples of what other people have done that have kind of given you a bad taste in your mouth kind of a thing? You know, <laughs> since I am such a stickler for like clean, simple, good design, when I see like instructor sites that are just loaded with um, too much, I, I, I'm immediately turned off. Um, so I'm trying to think. I, I would like to almost help them in some way, which is probably not good because they're competition. Um, but, but I think, you know, with health, there's a lot of really bad advice out there. And I try to keep things more research-based more grounded in things that aren't hype or diets and so when I see other health coaches promoting or becoming kind of zealots for a diet it's a really big turnoff 
and um, and people want to lose weight or feel better in a in as quick as time possible. I mean, if there was a magic pill, we'd all take it, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't exist, and you know, to it's not sexy to to say like you need to sleep eight hours or you know whatever you need and you need to eat a balanced diet and you need to get to the gym or get some kind of movement that's it's not um it's not something that's flashy and packaged and so i i love seeing people who are doing it well and building communities and getting great response and i think eventually over time the the people who are putting out bad messages and um they they do it fast and dirty kind of things will kind of self implode. So I don't think I worry about that. To me, as long as I'm staying true to my core values and holding myself to a high bar, then I really don't feel like I fear competition. Okay, so we have a couple questions. Um, the first one is from Jessica Newell. Uh, do you feel that investing in your health or wellness is actually one of the best business investments you can make if you're indeed the one carrying the weight of the business? That's a good one, Jessica. That's a great question. I do think that you should still invest time in your health. Or, I'm sorry, invest money and time in your health. Um, do you think and, it's the best investment, though, like she was saying? I think it, it depends on what you're doing. Um, so if if you can, you know, make it like, I don't know, 10% of what you're doing. I'm, I'm going to give a personal example. That's probably easier. When I was working on my own for four months and doing websites, I was working about 16 hours a day, Monday through Friday, and I tried to take weekends off. Um, that's not healthy. That's not what I do. That's not who I am. And that's really why I felt like I had to pull back. Um, and I didn't get to the gym as much as I wanted. I, I didn't feel as good. And I started to notice it very quickly. The onset came because I'm, I'm a pretty healthy person in general. And so not taking care of myself, I felt it immediately. And now that I'm not as stressed for, time, for money and I, I feel like I've freed up more time to take care of myself, I'm still working on well in LA, probably four to five hours a day, Monday through Friday, and then I see clients on the weekend. So it's still a lot of work, but I still have, I've, I've carved out more time for myself and I do invest in my health. I have like a paid membership to a, a yoga studio I really love and I go to it three times a week or I go spinning a couple times a week. So I feel like I'm back on track and that feels so much better. In those four months, I felt miserable from like October to I feel to like a work. lot of health industry type people um, go through those highs and lows. And it's always kind of funny to watch. I mean, it's not funny, but it's kind of like, but, okay, yeah. it feels good that you go through it too. Um, but uh, gosh, well, there's one <laughs> other question. I was going to ask one other one, but I want to make sure that I get the Kirsten's uh, question out here. Um, can you pop it back over to me so I don't have to show the Facebook thing again? <laughs> I usually have two monitors, and I don't have it tonight, uh-huh. unfortunately. So Kirsten uh, asked, um, let's see. <laughs> Kirsten, you're funny. Uh, so Kirsten wants to know, what do you, what do you, um, what are the, what's the main goal of people that follow you? Is it for weight loss, for overall wellness, or for getting their family healthy? Why do you find that people follow well in L.A.? I find that people follow well in LA because one, they want recipes and two, they want free music. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of um, my playlists and profiles and things on my website, but in the last 
four months. And I have to say, like, getting people to comment on your blog when you're starting is like pulling teeth. And <laughs> it's, it, it, you know this, like everyone mm-hmm. knows this. Um, you're begging your mom and your aunts and um, just somebody, please. And um, I, I think now I'm starting to see actually fellow health coaches follow me. So that to me is really fun because it makes me feel that I'm doing something right in my field. And I, I have other fitness instructors and, and people who I would consider my peers who are following me. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm, I guess maybe that means I'm, I'm starting to do something different. But I don't, I don't know. Um, so I'm going to see where it evolves and goes. I don't know necessarily that I, I have family, um, you know, people following me for family advice. I don't really talk about my, my family that often um, because my, my other half is not – into social media. He's very much, you know, that's a whole other topic. (laughs) So I try to respect his privacy and not talk about him a lot online. Okay. So so since we're talking about your other half and the fact that you're engaged, congratulations or best wishes, I guess is the the better thing to say. Um, So what's that going to look like? And you were talking about this company that you're thinking about starting up with a friend and you have your current consulting practice, you have your blog, you have your employer. (laughs) I mean, this is this is an average life of a young female entrepreneur. You're not like you're not so different. It sounds crazy, but a lot of young women that are probably watching this are doing the same thing. So now you're throwing in um, planning a wedding. So what is all this going to look like? Does your does your other half, um, does he help out? I, have you had that discussion of uh, will you help me make dinner, help me do laundry and that kind of thing? What does that look like? That's um, a lot of questions. I'm, Sorry. <laughs> it's good. Um, I will say he works in post-production on film. And he typically works 12 to 14-hour days, Monday through Friday. Wow. It's not a forgiving um, it's not a forgiving job, and there are a lot of things that go into our life that are factored around what he does. And, you know, honestly, I, I feel like I found the perfect partner because it allows me all the time I want to be crazy and try different things. <laughs> and he totally supports it. Um, and, you know, when we, we do have time together, it's awesome. It's great. Um, but we did three years of long distance in our six years together. So we're pretty comfortable with, like, having separate lives and doing separate things. Um, we have a house cleaner. I will say that like, it's amazing. We have somebody who comes and just kind of cleans things up, you know, once a week. Um, and I take care of the cooking, the shopping and the laundry. And, you know, there, there are ways you can pop in and do those things. And it's a great break to get up from your desk, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I find or tell myself that. And, um, as far as like wedding planning goes, I have a planner, um, you know, we're, we're pretty financially comfortable when it comes to that kind of thing. So I, I am fortunate and I feel very blessed that we're going to be able to hire somebody to help. Um, we are keeping it very low key. Um, most, you know, I'm, I'm not very, I'm sorry for all my, my friends who are really interested in the bridal planning and all of that. I have so many wonderful friends in the wedding industry and I'm disappointing them. Um, <laughs> because I, we're, I'm very much more about the marriage than the wedding day. Um, and I'm very much about our honeymoon and we're going to Thailand and, um, oh my goodness, how fun. <laughs> and, and, um, kind of like doing some island hopping and we're going to take two weeks and you guys won't see me on Twitter. You won't see me anywhere. I'm just going to like, the earth for that, but we're going to get married next spring and we're just going to have like a really fun party in Vegas, a quick ceremony. And our friends are all over the country and I'm just, 
I feel like having everyone we love in one core place, um, Twitter friends, come on in. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be um, all the, all the gifts and all the blessing that we need. Um, so I'm, I'm, we're keeping it pretty, pretty low key and, and fun. Um, and kind of doing an exchange because my wedding planner is also somebody that I'm helping launch her business. So, you know, we're doing, you know, a little fun exchange back and forth. Very nice. Well, you know, we've ran out of time, unfortunately, tonight to keep talking. But the best thing is that uh, we have this full 15-minute, well, it's actually longer than 15 minutes, profile of Erin over on youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Erin, where can people find you after this? After this, I'm actually going to hang out on Twitter for a while. If you guys want to talk, I would love to entertain any questions. It's um, at well in L.A. And, um, yeah, that's that's probably the easiest way. If we need to take things offline, we can go from there. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, and if you aren't liking Erin's uh, Facebook page yet, it's just Well in L.A. on Facebook, correct? Yeah, and I also think um, Jen and I talked. We're going to try to get something organized for people who are in L.A. Um, in April or May. So look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be lots of fun. But definitely like her Facebook page because it's fantastic. <laughs> She puts out very inspiring things that keeps you going through the day, especially as a young female entrepreneur. It's nice. Um, so check out our website, wellinla.com. We'll have all of the links over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com along with this video, the recorded video, her profile, and um, the corresponding blog post with Erin. It's all about Erin this week. <laughs> um, it's I really like your story because I do feel like it's it's the, the typical young female entrepreneur. Um, and then you've added in the mix of um, the academic background, um, the jobs that you've had, and also just your overall philosophy of staying well and building a business that is sustainable. So I think it's, I love your story. So thank you so much for <laughs> being you. on the show, Erin. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jen. Thank you all for the great questions. All right. Well, so every week, um, we have this uh, live stream over on Thursday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 Eastern. And next week is Natalie McNeil, the author of She Takes On the World. She's got that big blog. She's a huge name Emmy winner. And um, along with it, Kara, another YFE profile, is going to be talking about her tech startup. It's going to be a great conversation. I hope you can make it. Until then, check out youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs>